Hi, Jubilee. It's so great to be here, and uh, we're just missing you. And uh, I, I want to speak to you a message that I feel that God's given me today from Psalm 42. I want to read the psalm to you, first of all, and then I just want to share some things from that psalm that have really spoken to me uh, about the pursuit of God. So let me just read that psalm, Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast, hermals, all your waves and breaks. I will say to God, my by the enemy. My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. There's so many things I'd love to be able to say from this psalm, but I just want to pick out a few things uh, that have really spoken to me. I don't know if you know this about me, but Alison could certainly tell you that I'm certainly one of those strange people that actually really like change. I get a buzz out of change and the uncertainty that it brings. I like nothing more than not knowing what's coming next. I like the challenge, and I love surprises Actually, I get bored quite easily when things start to get a bit predictable. And so I, I have had to learn over the years that not everybody is wired quite like this. Alison, for instance, she likes things planned. She likes to have things to look forward to. She likes a bit of notice to be kept in the loop. So I've had to learn these things and about how to do change well and take people with me, especially my wife. So, for example, it's still painful to talk about, but I've learned that buying a new car is not a good idea when your wife just goes into labor. Anyway, it's still too difficult to talk about. So, it's true that to some extent I've enjoyed lockdown, except for two things that I really haven't liked. Because although I like change, I love people even more, and I've really missed people. I've missed all of you, and I found this very difficult. And I find it almost impossible to know how do you lead a group of people that you can't even see. I don't even know how many of you are actually out there today. And I like to be affectionate with people, to be close to people. I really miss this. And I found worship hard. I don't enjoy singing in a room on my own. I really miss worshipping together. I miss the presence of the Spirit in corporate worship and prophecy. I mean, it's so hard to prophesy into a computer screen. I'm prepared to give it a go, but it is much more difficult. And so it was with some mixed feelings I returned from my 
cancelled holiday to start thinking about what next and to plan for the unplannable. And here's the key question for me in all that's going on. How am I going to keep pursuing God? How are we going to do that when we're not meeting together, when we don't have the benefit of that mutual accountability that just kind of happens to, to some extent in meeting together week to week? And how are we going to make sure that we don't fall away? Because it's so easy to disconnect at the moment. So easy to judge. I didn't sign up for this, presenting effectively a TV program, speaking to a camera audience. I didn't sign up for sending off my kids to university with no guarantee of their health and safety. I felt pretty angry about all this, actually. And I didn't want to pray, and I didn't want to spend any time with God. And as I sat there in my office with no words coming out of my mouth, the frustration and dissatisfaction turned into a sense of great hopelessness. And I started to think, well, perhaps I don't want to pursue God anymore. Perhaps I should just give it all up and go and do something else, just throw in the towel. And it was then that I was gently reminded of the lines in this psalm that I've just read to you. Not the bit about the deer panting, I wasn't quite there yet, but this refrain repeated twice in these 11 verses. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Why? These were the questions I was wrestling with. Why? Are you so dissatisfied? Why are you so disappointed? Why are you so angry? Why are you so miserable? What's made your soul so downcast? And perhaps you've been asking some of the same questions. Why? Why, God? What are you doing? (laughs) Where are you in this, God? When are you going to act in this crisis, God? As it says in verse 3, this is what people are saying all day long. Where is your God? And over those first few weeks, I just spent ages poring over this psalm because I found it spoke so well to me and to our situation. So I want to share some of those things with you. And here's the first thing that I discovered about this psalm, and that was that it was probably written out of a place of exile. So the psalmist was going through his own place of scattering and separation. In verse 4, we find the psalmist in this mournful state of fond reminiscence, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. That sounds a lot like Jubilee, doesn't it? That sounds a lot like church. Do you remember how we danced together? Well, some of us. How we'd shout out our praise with instruments and song. I mean, don't you wish we could go back to some of those worship nights now? And don't you feel a bit different about some of the times that worship went on a bit too long and wish that that could happen again now? (laughs) More than that for the psalmist, though, this was about a sense of protection in that place. In another version, he talks about going to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, revealing, I think, the vulnerability of being alone, of the difficulty of worshipping alone without the benefit of others worshipping together in his presence. And that's why we must continue finding ways to meet together in whatever way we can. 
There's protection there. In our mutual pursuit of God, in praying together, there's accountability there. God's made us as an interdependent body in the church, and we need one another, even if it's just a phone call, an email, or a coffee in town. It takes a bit more effort at the moment. We can't just bump into one another on a Sunday morning and see how people are doing. But I think the extra effort is worth it as we remember the faith that lives in each one of us and feed off one another in that way. And actually the fact that we miss one another is a good sign. It's a lot to do with our love for one another and the church. See, we love what he loves, his people and the church. We love to worship with his people. You know, I found myself quite emotional watching the live stream over the summer and this morning as well, actually, just looking around and seeing the empty room. I miss those times, and I remember them, and I look forward to the day of our release from our COVID-19 exile. And in verse 6, the psalmist talks about the importance of remembering, remembering, bringing others to mind, holding on to those precious times of meeting together and the relationships that we've made, some of us, over many years in pursuing God together. We need to feed on these memories and hold them against the downcast soul. Hold on. Don't give up. This too will pass. But at the same time, I think not meeting together also tests us because it reveals the depth of our true relationship with God. And this is a difficult thing to say, but one of the things I've wondered over this time is how much our love for church and meeting together has eclipsed our love for God himself. I mean, if we had no church like so many around the world today, would we still believe? If we could never meet together again, would we still pray? If there was no preacher to explain the Bible to us, would we still read it? If my faith was all that I had to depend upon, would I still find others to tell about Jesus? And this is the challenge, this is the test for us. How real is your faith? Or have you just been coasting for years, going through the motions of church, but actually lost your love for God? Are you still pursuing him? There's no doubt that some will fall away through this time. Some will drift away because of these things. I remember the warning from James that my dad spoke on just before the summer And I think we need to take it very seriously and pray for one another. See, the only thing that will keep us through these times is if we keep pursuing God for ourselves, if our desire is still for him. So now we come to the panting deer of verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? You know, it's very easy to sing the lilting song that some of you will remember from years ago and think that this is what it means to pursue God. For others, it will be easy to read these words and recognize the beautiful poetic picture and and think, well, that's it. It's a hot day, but at least there's a stream nearby. 
It's very easy to read these familiar lines without any real understanding of the desperation and life-threatening, fearful pursuit that is involved in a deer that pants because it's being pursued. Because that's what I believe we see here in the psalmist's words. What we're seeing here isn't desire, we're actually seeing desperation. Deer pant like dogs on a hot day sometimes. But the imagery throughout the psalm, it's clear to me, is one of being chased, of being pursued, of being forced, hunters out to kill the deer. The deer isn't running for pleasure. He's running out of terror. He's running for self-preservation. He's running because he has no other alternative if he's going to survive. And it speaks of those moments where the streams of living water become the overwhelming roar of your waterfalls, picking up the imagery we see in verse 7, where all your waves and breakers have swept over me. Why? Because I'm drowning, I'm fighting for survival. And it brings you to the unavoidable place where deep cries out to deep where the desperation comes out in wordless prayer because there are no words to express the sense of fear and abandonment that sometimes we are driven to because life is hard. And there are so many unanswered questions and disappointments, and yet I still believe and find myself turning to God again, who alone can rescue me and save me from my enemies. That kind of thing. That's the story of the panting deer who longs for God. And yet, so for many years, I've read that as desire, only to see that the psalmist speaks of utter desperation. And I've realized that this is the place I found myself many times recently, but especially upon that return from holiday. It wasn't a lack of desire for God that caused me to feel downcast, but a a sense of utter desperation for him and his presence. And where can I go and meet with you? I need to see you in this. I need to find you. And our pursuit of God comes out of a place which the disciples knew, which is where else can I go? What other choice do I have? Only you can satisfy. Only you have the answers. This is One of those times for many of us right now is the time to press into God, not withdraw. The opportunity to wait on God until he comes and not give up. This is the time to cry out rather than to be silent. Our desire for him, our pursuit of him comes out of a deep sense of desperation. So let me ask you, are you desperate yet? Are you desperate yet? Are you desperate for our nation? Have you reached the stage yet that if God can't help us, then no one can? And this, because this is where your deep cries out to his deep from under the raging waterfalls that threaten to overwhelm us. This is where the groans come from, the wordless prayers where we don't even have to try You can't help but pursue him because he is your only hope. Do you get it? Can you let out the groan? Is is there a deep cry there that needs to express itself to God? Oh God of the nations, won't you come? Oh God, how we need you. We humble ourselves 
for our own sakes, but for our children and our children's children. God, won't you please move now? We need you to intervene. And this is how to pursue God like a deer that pants in the spirit of intercession. And boy, don't we need to pray like that right now. Are you there yet? Are you there in that place? And I think it starts like this. It starts with the day-to-day and the night-to-night. It starts with that intentionality about our pursuit of God. So in verse 8 it says, By day the Lord directs his love, and at night his song is within me, a prayer to the God of my life. And often our pursuit of God is about finding his love for us in the day and his song in the night. And the simplicity of this rhythm in day-to-day relationship is what becomes the prayer of our life to God. Daily walking, learning how to feed ourselves in the Holy Spirit. And friends, in this time of dispersal and physical disconnection, we have to find ways of pursuing God and feeding ourselves. It's about committing ourselves again to the basics of our faith. It's about setting aside a regular time to pray, worship, and spend time with God, hearing him for ourselves, and then doing what he says. It's about getting into a regular habit of just reading the Bible, but not just to read it, work out what it says, and learn to apply it to our lives. It's about feeding off the messages spoken at church on Sunday. You know, Jubilee is a prophetic church where we always look for the now words of God that will directly apply to our lives. Take them seriously. And it's about imitating those who are further ahead than you. You know, ask them what they're doing and learn from them in whatever way you can. I remember when I was a young man, I wanted to pray. (laughs) And so I I got alongside a man called Dave Weatherly, who would get up at four o'clock every morning and pray. And that's one of the ways I learned how to pray. Pursue those who are pursuing God. And if you're struggling, let someone know, because we won't always know if you don't say, because we're not likely to bump into one another at church on Sundays at the moment. So take responsibility for yourself because you are able also to hear the Holy Spirit. And finally, be deliberate in the things that you want to grow in. You know, often my greatest mentors over the years have been the books that I've read. (laughs) But now there are so many YouTube videos and recorded messages from around the world. Adopt a growth mindset and you will grow and you will pursue him. So let me ask you, how is your relationship with God? Where are you at at the moment? How is your pursuit of him? Are you in that state of desperation leading to despair or desperation that leads us into God? I want to encourage you to come before God this morning and say, Lord, I'm desperate for you. You don't have to pray long prayers, but just express your desperation to God. I'm just going to pray for you. And then I'm going to hand back to Tom and Kate. Father God, I just want to say all over again, I'm desperate for you. I long for you. I long for you. We need you, Lord, to move in power. And Father, I pray that your presence would come upon us even now. 
I pray, Lord, that you would lead us into your presence, take us by surprise during the day, and draw us into your presence with a spirit of intercession. Cause us to cry out from the deep places to the deep places of you. And Father, in those waterfalls and that sense of being overwhelmed, may we find your presence in a greater depth in a greater knowledge and understanding. And Father, will you move through this nation? You are not just God of heaven. You are God of the nations. You are God over all things. Praise your holy name. Amen.